Hey everyone, Anselm here. Uh, just wanted to remind you that the episode you're about to hear was recorded prior to the Oscars and uh, discusses a Best Picture nominee. So you're going to hear some of our predictions and some of our hopes, and you'll know whether or not those predictions were, uh, whether or not those predictions came true, or whether or not our hopes were dashed against the rocks. So uh, it's still going to be fun. So thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Too Much Screen Time. This week we're talking about Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. So the awesome thing about this movie is that it's available on streaming, it's available on Hulu. Um, it stars Francis McDormand, David Strathairn, and a bunch of non-professional actors and uh, who are who you know do a great job, I would say, in in kind of making this piece feel really lived in. So before we do our initial takes. I'm going to ask a question I think that might uh, segue very well into our initial thoughts on this film. So Chloe Zhao is, is uh, directing The Eternals. It's a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that's supposed to be coming out later this year. After seeing Nomadland, are you excited to see Eternals? Let's hear it. I am more than excited. <laughs> nice. I'm already a big, a huge Marvel fan. Um, and I think Marvel has a good track record of, of getting some incredible directors on board their films. Um, and I mean, even in the last few years, you've got the Russo brothers, we got Taika Waititi, you know, we've got like some amazing, um, uh, Kenneth Brenna, I'm pretty sure he did one, but just some like amazing, uh, one-off movies, um, just led by incredible directors that I, I think that are very, very talented. So after seeing this, I, am so excited for Eternals. Eternals seems like something that is going to be very, very hard to tackle on, but I feel like she's the person for the job. Yeah, I'm also excited. I think Kevin Feige said that she gave the best pitch that he had ever heard for uh, a Marvel script before. So, I mean, when you have the president of Marvel saying that this is the greatest thing that he's ever heard, I'm all in. So I think just that alone, we're not even talking about her as like a filmmaker. I'm just talking about her as a storyteller. But I mean, she has, she's bringing on the same guy um, who's also her partner, um, Joshua James Richards to do cinematography. And if there's like one thing that we've seen from all of her work thus far is that she has a really great, she, she captures authenticity, um, I think really well. She's really great with, uh, they're really great doing the close-up shots and really capturing that emotion of each character. So with having a, a large diverse cast of the Eternals, I think that she's uh, the perfect one to be able to do that and to make us care about each one of these characters. Never heard of it. So ditto that my brother. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, to, to your point, Dave, I, I, lo I love the way that she frames people. She makes like myths and legends of ordinary people. I feel like with the way that she like uh, frames and films people. And so I think that with the with a really interesting concept uh, that, that Eternals represents, I, I'm really, really excited to see like how she brings her, her touch, her signature, if you will, to to the material and that's especially you know the case after seeing Nomadland it seems like we're excited for for the most part for Eternals um and we're excited for Chloe Zhao's uh hand in that but I want to see if we're excited about the movie that we watched for this week right so let's why don't we kind of go through here real quick and share what our initial thoughts are on Nomadland 
my initial thoughts about this film is that my favorite part about it was definitely that it was super well done in the cinematography area. I think it was so beautiful. I don't know about you guys, but there are some movies where I like to watch them in the day and some I like to watch them at night. And that's just because I want to get that like movie theater experience. And I just feel like this film would be so well done in the theater. Unfortunately, because of COVID, I saw it at home, but I tried my best to get that experience because I just think that some of like the the contrast in the scenes, like the blues, the sunsets, it, it was, it was so vibrant and so beautiful. And, and usually I like films that are really dialogue heavy. That's the scripts are usually my favorite part of a film. This movie was really light. Everything was really subtle. It, it felt like you were sort of just living life with her. Um, that being said, I wasn't a huge fan of this film. I think it was a good one-time watch. I don't really understand why it's nominated for movie of the year, film of the year, whatever. It's it's not my cup of tea. I do think it was beautiful. I digress. What? <laughs> you I didn't think this was best movie of the year material? That was gonna be my last yeah. question, but we'll 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 save it. We'll, we'll get back. <laughs> we'll come back to why. I'm I'm just. Actually, no, no. Let's 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 have a conversation now. Why, Shante? Why? Coming in hot. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that this storyline isn't important, and I understand that this is true. It is telling a story that, like Dave said, I'm not aware of. And I think I'm not saying it wasn't a good film. I think it was well done. But to be honest with you, I feel like I don't like when I when I don't necessarily have a storyline or a plot or a build or or I, I don't feel like I'm just sort of wandering around and I think it took me a really long time every time there was a, a supporting actor introduced I thought okay well where are we going with this and it was really fleeting and temporary and you know I, I won't spoil anything but it took a really really long time for even the main character to sort of explain why she does the thing that she does and I understand that that can be realistic, just not necessarily entertaining. Do you think that it should have been like a documentary or something, um, I guess maybe I not on a cinematic level? Cause it is a really popular yeah. uh, book, right? That's where it's adapted from 2017 novel, Nomadland um, by a journalist. And cause I can see the argument too, that this could have been like a great Netflix series or like a Hulu series or something. Um, and we could just dive in from it from a documentary um, standpoint. standpoint. I would have loved to see a documentary on this. I actually really love the concept of nomadic life and this like kind of let's live off the grid. I mean, I've always flirted with the idea of buying a school bus and trying myself. So it's not even that this this point is or this this uh, storyline is uninteresting to me. Clearly, this is a little different. I know that these people are kind of on the verge of like poverty and surviving. So it's not necessarily like only for pleasure. But um, yeah, I think I would have really loved to see the real stories and real people talking about what brought them there and that sort of thing versus this woman who you can tell is kind of bitter, but you don't really know why. And you're just kind of floating around with her. Just my thoughts. <laughs> I can't wait I, to hear yours. I don't. I don't. Do we? So we watched Nomadland this week, right? Shantae, did you watch the, the right movie? 
Just yeah, sure we saw I, the, I want to make sure we saw the, the same movie time. this week. <laughs> I watched the whole thing through. All the way through. You didn't skip yeah. out. You didn't like look down at your phone. Or, no, I'm kidding. You know, I was tempted because but, it was a little slow. But uh, yeah, and Shantan, I don't think you're not even close to being alone. I Because um, it definitely is not a plot driven film, right? It's definitely, it seems like it's a, it's a character um, focused film where Frances McDormand's role in this is to kind of serve as a guide where she's basically like listening and being uh, a fly on the wall as she's like taking in all of this information from these real life people that are portraying I guess fictitious versions of themselves so I thought that was cool but I I think I would agree that this could have been a documentary uh, but I understand why it wasn't because I know the filmmaker Chloe Zhao's done this in the past like with her other two films I watched The Rider and it's the same concept where she takes a person playing basically themselves maybe having some fictionalized um, stuff going on but it's the same concept having non-professional actors non-professional cast telling the story that they lived um, in this case it was about a, a guy that got into a head injury from uh, uh, in a rodeo so I I see why she was the one to tell this story but I'm with you it's definitely not plot and that can maybe make it feel slow um, at times kind of feeling like where is this going and why couldn't we have gotten this in a four episode or three episode documentary series, in my opinion. All right, I'm, I'm gonna reserve my my thoughts till after Alex goes. I, Alex, Alex, save us, please. Tell us how much you love this film, please. <laughs> this movie is remarkable. Um, yes. Absolutely stunning. <clears throat> this movie fires on all cylinders, cinematography, uh, score, um, uh, performance uh it's it's just absolutely stunning um so going into this film I, I really knew nothing other than the title Nomadland so I'm like okay she's a nomad let's let's get it um but man this movie really made me think you know and I think it really just like you know obviously no spoilers or anything like that uh but I, I think it just really made me ask a lot of really deep questions uh it's it's very sobering very uh, Frances McDormand delivers a very humbling performance um, that is so quiet and yet so profound. Um, a lot of the, you know, basically you find out along the way, the different characters that she meets are all broken in some way, shape or form. And this nomadic life is, is kind of like a healing journey for these people. And, and, you know, you have people who have just been broken and tormented and destroyed from our society, people who are dealing with loss um, people who have just been spit out by American economics and and kind of forced upon this path of um, houselessness um, and and so you see Frances McDormand kind of like interact with these characters and learn their stories and it really just asks you some profound questions and um, it's so beautiful so brilliant and uh, yeah I absolutely loved it that being said it was it was a challenging watch. I will say that it's a very challenging watch um, for a lot of the reasons that uh, Shantae and Dave mentioned is that it can feel slow at times. Um, I think it was challenging for me too uh, to see such suffering um, for such a long time through these people and to also know that these aren't actors, they're like actually people. Um, I think that may also made an added layer uh, of difficulty when watching this is just um, for, for that within itself. So 
uh, yeah, I think overall it's uh, a remarkable film. There's no reason why it, I, I think it should be best picture nomination. I, I think it's going to win um, out, out of the ones that I've seen. I think that this is probably going to take home the prize. Um, but yes, that's uh, my initial reaction of Nomadland. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I there's so much I can say about this film. I, I I will I will get it out of the way that yes, it's it's a slower film. Uh, I, I I don't know about you all, but like for me, like I've when, when it comes to enjoying slow slower films, you kind of have to like exercise that muscle because there are a lot of really beautiful, amazing films. I mean, one of my favorite films from 2020 was First Cow that unfortunately was snubbed in every category, but like, I don't think Kelly Reichert, the director of that film is is too hurt by that. But, um, you know, th th that is definitely a slow film, but like a super moving film. And I, I think that Nomadland in many ways is is one of those, on is, is on the list of films that I, I, I would say rather than slow, I, rather than calling it slow, I would call it like evenly spaced or, or even just like there, there's a lot of space for breath. It's, it's contemplative. I, I, that, that's how I would call it. I would call this film more of like more contemplative. It's, it's meant for it to be space to breathe, to meditate, to ponder. It's definitely going more for like, rather than it being like your classic narrative film, it's going from like a tonal thing to a lot of a lot of like the colors and, and the and the, the the scenery even the time of day at which a lot of these shots are filmed there's a lot of amazing shots of uh of just nature of, of the landscape of you know the american west and pacific northwest it's it's gorgeous in that regard and so i think that for me like this film kind of forces you to 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 stop, to pause, to contemplate the characters, the people, the plot that is, that does exist. There is a plot, <laughs> I would argue. Um, you know, maybe the, the reason why I feel like there's no plot is that there's not this huge reveal that's central to the, the, plot, the plot or propels the, the plot forward. It's just a story. It's a story about a woman who uh, lived in a town with her husband that was supported by a factory that closed and this is a, this is a, a very common story in america today that like because of our capitalist society like there are towns that rely on some sort of business at the center of it that and then of course when businesses go out of business like the town dies and it's really about her like kind of losing this this home and trying to find home along the road and trying to survive and find this way and so i would say that like i would say that like this this film left me with a deep melancholy and sadness just look listening to some of the characters listening to some of their stories i mean that guy that she that uh she shares a beer with and a, and a cigarette with who has like the the really cool lighter the the kind of cowboy guy there's a guy the character who is essentially just backpacking till whenever till who knows when he's a very young guy and i you know i, I remember seeing that scene and this guy's in his 20s and like what 20 year old doesn't dream of like doing a back taking a backpacking trip across like Europe or South America or something like that. And there are literally people doing that here, not just for fun and adventure, but because that's all they have. And I think that like when you stop and you and you sit in and, and, and kind of breathe in, if you will, this this story, I will remember so many scenes and images and dialogue from this for years to come because I think it's 
it's a story that existed on the margins like maybe 10 years ago but like as the growing uh, number of the homeless and housing insecure across the country rises, especially with COVID, especially with all the evictions that are coming out. Like this is a story that like is going to creep into, you know, the mainstream, you know, from from the margins because of just where our, our country is headed. And I think that like, it's important to have films like this to start prepping and preparing our hearts to have empathy for the people who, are represented by 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 stories like this that you don't get to see very often. So, I don't know. I you know I I love this film, and I'm happy to be able to talk a little bit more about like some of the ways that this film I think comments on our the the social moment that we are in right now. So, Shantae, did I change your mind? Are you going to go back and watch this movie again and and realize the error of your ways, or are we going to have to keep talking about <laughs> this until you change your mind? Listen, I respect, I respect your stance. I, 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 it might've been unfair for me to say it's forgettable. I think I'll forget it, but sounds like you won't. And I think that that's good. I, that's obviously the point of this film is to tell a story that is gonna last and affect people. And I think, um, I think you're right. Like this does cover a really important issue. I just think, like Dave said, I think I'd, I'd prefer it to be the real stories and maybe done a little bit different. Um, I do think it's a film worth watching. I just don't think it's picture of the year worthy yet. Not yet. We'll see. We'll ask me again at the end. So just as a quick synopsis of, of this film, as I mentioned before, the film stars Frances McDormand, who plays Fern. She um, is a widow who, after her town kind of closes down, uh, decides to live a nomadic lifestyle where she hops into her van. Uh, she kind of makes her van kind of her, her livable space and just kind of travels around from job to job, from parking lot to parking lot or from RV camp to RV camp, just trying to find a place to just, to just live and survive. And so I, I think that like what this film really opens up for discussion is this idea about the houseless that live among us, right? So, you know, Fern makes it very clear, like she she runs into a character at the beginning of the film and uh, the character's like, oh, like, you know, my mom says you're homeless, you know? And Fern says, oh, you know, houseless. I have a home. I'm just, I just don't have a house. And so I think that Dave, you know, you, you, you brought up a question, you know, kind of in preparation for this uh, episode that I thought was really great that I would love for us to kind of like dissect because I think it centers the people who have the experience who are actually making the experience rather than the people who are like kind of talking about it so your question was does this film portray nomadic life as freedom of choice or a matter of circumstances or is it a mixture of both so before we answer that Dave what made this question kind of come to your mind yeah I was thinking because there are so many different um people um who get to speak about their reasoning for, I guess, becoming nomads, right? There is a campfire scene where they're just kind of sharing what their experiences were and how that fueled them deciding to become nomads. But then there are, and there are a lot of other people who are through unfortunate circumstances forced to leave their homes, right? Or like did not have a home or did not have the stability to support and have a house. 
which then put them down the path of becoming nomads and figuring out that lifestyle. And then you see the one of the main characters, Bob Wells, who is a real life nomad that basically brings a lot of nomads together on a for like a yearly conference who have experienced these these losses, these financial losses. Um, so I just it it made me think like for those people who call themselves nomads, did they decide to become nomads? Um, like, have they always wanted to be nomads? Or was it through like unfortunate set of circumstances that like kind of forced their hands to, to be nomads? Or was it a mixture of both? Because it's, um, which is, I, I think I'll talk a little bit more, which I think is what the film was kind of leaning toward is that there was this mixture of um, both because this wasn't, this is not a monolith group of people um, who, who live and inhabit this, who have this identity. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll let, I'll let you all share what you guys think the answer is to that. And then I can come back and share some examples of why I think that it's a, a mixture of both. Well, you know, I think the, the I think that the 2021 answer to this is it's a little bit of both because I think that's kind of what that's what it is in, in our society. We're 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 finally getting comfortable with gray and with nuance, and it's interesting. There's there's two scenes that I feel like really kind of like hint at the 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 core of this question, and one of them is when uh, early on in the film, Fern gets a job working at an Amazon factory. It's so interesting because like. It takes Amazon is a very controversial uh, uh, business today. I think it's one. I think it's one of like the big five, right? Like it's one of the big five corporations out there, like that are raking in tons of money. I mean, Jeff Bezos is always is, is often times criticized for how, be how much money he's making, and he's on track to being like the world's first trillionaire, and all this different stuff, right? So you have that on one end, the treatment of warehouse workers, et cetera. And then you have these people who are kind of desperately relying upon. Um, the the work that they provide them so that they can live this lifestyle that kind of they feel called to live and so I feel like there's that there's a lot of tension there because like you know a lot of them tell stories about like what happened in their lifetime and their lives that led them to having to take this route but I think it's ultimately like they once kind of handed this deck of cards and it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some solitaire here, here with this and 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 try to make this work. And it, I think for me, it was, it was just very complex, like that scene and also the scene where they they go to like a RV um, show, if you will, like so they have a bunch of like really like new age RVs that people are getting to check out. So again, these are these are things that they would essentially use to live their lifestyle, but it's hosted by Progressive, you know, this insurance company that, you know, features these RVs that they would never, ever be able to afford. And so I feel like it's, it's, there's, it's almost as if like there's a comment on the pursuit of the American dream and, and how that like, how in pursuit of that, it's led to these people literally being put out to pasture as one of the, you know, characters very astutely says and yet even while out at in at pasture there's still this desire to participate to take part in this dream in order to kind of fuel the larger dream of, of being free to travel around and it's a, I don't know it's a very interesting kind of nuance there for me and yeah I, I think it's kind of a little bit of both Fern's character for sure like she 
would she be living this nomadic lifestyle if the town would have went under and her husband um, wouldn't have died, unfortunately. I think he, he, he passed away. Would she have this nomadic lifestyle versus there, you know, there are other people that seem to like choose it. Um, early on, you were talking about the backpacker who's in his 20s. Um, there's another scene, I think, at the, at the campfire where a woman talks about um, her coworker who, before he retired, he had a sailboat that he bought, but he never got to use it because he, he died like right when he was retired. So then she was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave now because I want to go live my life and I don't want my sailboat to be left in the driveway. That seems to be like a choice and there's a freedom to that. But then it seems like on the other side, there are people that are just navigating this life and becoming nomads because of, I guess, terrible things that they've experienced, whether it be economically, physically, mentally, there's a mixture, I guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, I would, I would definitely agree. I think, you know, Fern's character throughout the movie, we see that she's kind of given different choices, right? Like she's given different opportunities to not be a nomad. Um, you know, like friends reach out to her, um, her sister reaches out to her, you know, like, uh, the guy that she was talking to, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he offers her an opportunity to stay in their guest house. Right. And so throughout the film, it's like, she is kind of given different opportunities and different choices to, uh, give up the nomad life. Um, but even when she was, for example, even when she was staying at that house, sleeping on the bed, she leaves in the middle of the night to go sleep in her van. Um, because there's like a specific thing that she's battling, you know, like it's not just um, she's kind of forced on this nomad life. It's like, she's running from something and, and she's, she's choosing to isolate herself. She's stubborn. It's like, this is a choice for her. And so I think that's something that is kind of repeatedly revealed throughout the film um, that we see is embodied in Fern's character. But I think I would agree with both of you. I think the different uh, characters that we meet, the different uh, actual real life people that we meet throughout the film have different reasons for, for being where they're at. Some are by choice, some are um, by circumstance and, and some are tragic and some are, are just life choices. We have a woman who was basically on her deathbed and she didn't want to spend it in the hospital. And um, to, like you guys said, Fern or other characters who felt like, um, they were there with purpose. And I know that economic status definitely played a role in this movie. I, they, there was a lot of mention of, um, of, you know, medic or social security not being enough and her kind of meeting people doing these odd jobs, jobs you don't very, like that don't look desirable and older people doing them. And I do think that there's sort of, this is indicative of our society for sure. So I think the director did a good job in that. Let me let me ask this question. So, because I think I think there, there are definitely a lot of characters who it's like life happens and then they decide this is the kind of push that I need to like take this big adventure. Do you feel like framing the housing and security issue? Do you feel like framing it in this way, almost as though we have a lot of characters who live this way by choice? Do you feel like this cheapens or takes away from efforts that should be made? to kind of address the economic issues that lead to the increasing number of homeless people? I think it just depends on what the director was going for. I think if, if the storyline, if what they were trying to tell was that, look at how these people have to live, then sure. But I don't think that 
that was the story. It's Nomadland. It's about what makes people nomads and that's a mixed bag. So I don't think it necessarily cheapens it because I don't know that that was the goal. So, you know, continuing along this line, right, the, the homeless or the houseless, as it's called here, are oftentimes the most undignified people in our society and not by their own choice. It's, it's oftentimes by like the, the, the people in society, like, you know, look down upon the people within the, the housing and secure community. I would argue that Nomadland definitely seeks to restore some of that dignity, at least to this particular facet within the, of the homeless community. Do you think it's successful? Do you think it's successful in restoring some of this dignity to a group of people who are oftentimes um, considered undignified by larger society? I definitely think that it, su it succeeds. I think it's important to show in this film, knocks it out of the park, that every person has a story. Um, which is I, one of my coolest things about, I understand France, like I said earlier, Frances McDormand's role kind of is, um, you know, she's kind of anchored for us to serve as like a guide so that we can kind of see as she listens to each person's decision or choice for why they um, decided to become nomads, you get, you know, 50 people and you get 50 different answers. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I would say that like, so one of the things that was really cool about this film, I realized about halfway through is that it's it's essentially a modern day Western. Think about it. <laughs> there is this character who kind of travels from place to place, like impacting and leaving a mark on the people that, er that she meets in every single town. There's, there's, there's ghost towns. There's like, you know, the horses have been trade have been traded in for um, for vans, but like there's these different way stations that people kind of like, you know, show up at and trade and all this different stuff. And it's like, you know, I think it's it's a more accurate representation of what the West was probably like back then than like a lot of Westerns, which like make it seem like literally you sneezed and someone was getting shot <laughs> in a in a, in a, in a uh, shootout style high noon type of thing. But like, I feel like for me, it felt like very much like a Western. I feel like the way the characters are filmed really supports this idea in that they, they're filmed almost as if they're larger than lives. There's a lot of shots that are kind of a lower angle looking up at these characters. And like, rather than like the way that society oftentimes looks down upon these characters or, or blames their lifestyle on their choices, rather than blaming it or looking at some of the, some of the systemic issues that kind of lead to this, right? Like we are oftentimes seeing them kind of from this lower angle, looking up at these giants. They're oftentimes, they're centered so that we, their, their stories are, are placed in the center of our minds rather than kind of seeing them as, as they're oftentimes treated as being on the peripheral. Uh, there's so many like, just like golden hour shots, like sunsets. So it's almost like, you know, the hero who rides off into the sunset. Like there's a lot of these um, frames and shots that, 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 that have these, characters standing against the sun and it's it's really beautiful and there's one other element that i feel like also kind of brings some dignity to them and, and that like i think it, it makes it, it really humanizes the story right like i can count on one hand how many times i've seen people like defecate on screen <laughs> and not only do they like talk about like you know oh hey use a a, a a five gallon bucket if you have like a van for pooping or if you have knee problems use a seven gallon bucket but like you know they actually show Frances McDormand an A-list multiple academy award winning actor actor 
taking a dump in her band. <laughs> like the then sub, maybe the that's subtitle just says defecating. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a defecating. Maybe that's a spoiler, you know, right there. So you know, like, you, you, like, you will see yeah. mm -hmm. Francis McDormand act out pooping in the van. Like, but I think even that, like, it's funny, like that's one of the most undignified things that every single human has to do we're all ashamed of it no one likes to like it's like let's just get this done and over with but like it's something that we all do from the the wealthiest of us all to the people who like travel around in a van and i think that bringing attention to like where would someone who is either forced to live like this or who chooses to live like this where would they go to the bathroom where would they go to make themselves pretty to groom themselves there's a lot of, there's a lot of grooming there's a lot of just like there's, a, there's a, a family that's trying to celebrate a birthday party. There's a lot of like normal things in life. Seeing this depicted, uh, I think that it, it goes to show that these are these people aren't like threats to our, our comfort. And they're also not like these, this kind of group, group of people to kind of look down upon with, with pity, but to really see it with compassion. I feel like this film really aims at, at doing that. And I, I, I think it's extremely successful. Yeah, you know, kind of along those lines, I guess, do you guys mind if I share like my favorite character interaction and kind of, of segue into a question? Um, so so my favorite character interaction was Swanky, uh, Swanky and Fern. And I think this is one scene that's probably going to stick with me for a very, very long time. Um, you know, Swanky's character, uh, with someone that she met along the way and uh, at this conference uh, and we find out like she reveals that actually she's very sick and and the doctor gave her like seven to eight months to live and um, I, I'm not going to read her full quote because she goes into descriptive detail talking to Frances McDormand about um, these different things that she's been able to see along her journey and towards the end of the quote she says she says that was like it's just so awesome. I felt like I've done enough. My life was complete. If I died right then at that moment it would be perfectly fine. And just to see that resolve in her, it made me ask a lot of questions to myself as like, man, how am I in terms of my outlook on life? Um, you know, 2020 and 2021 has been a tough year for almost everybody with COVID and with the economic crisis and with people losing their jobs, you know, I was fortunate to keep mine. But, you know, I've just been slaving away working and I feel like I've wasted. I feel like I've wasted a lot of my time. I feel like I've wasted a lot of uh, a lot of the, the youth that I have, you know, after seeing this woman who is just so content with life and me not being there. And to kind of go off of your point about like the dignified, you know, I think this is a woman who was like cleaning toilets. And now I think that she has one of the most profound views of life and death that you know, I do not have. I think what the director did such a great job of doing is portraying these, putting these stories on a pedestal and showing that these people who, you know, are quote unquote less dignified or have less dignified roles in society, in fact, have a more profound view of life, um, of, of the world, of existence. I think what's really beautiful about this film is that it really focuses in on the community aspect of these these nomads, you know, they, they, you talked about, it, we'll see you down the road. They might see each other in a month, a year, two years, but they're going to see each other soon. And when they are together, there's just this overabundance of joy and love. And 
I think that that is a big reason why they feel so much healing in this life is because of the people that they have to be able to share this as they're overcoming, you know, loss and grief and on this road of healing, they're getting that and they're staying because they're, they're, they're staying because they're getting that um, from each other. So I thought that that's just really beautiful and profound. And it's like, I can't even imagine what that looks like. <laughs> I feel like living like that nomadic lifestyle takes so much courage because I think you are completely walking away from what we're told to do, you know, the nine to five, uh, buy the house, get a credit card, do what everyone else does. So the consequence of that is being really misunderstood. And like Anselm said, um, looked down upon. And even her sister was sharing, you know, we were close and, and you've, you're gone. I needed my sister. And I think that's another hard thing to reconcile with that sort of lifestyle is you're talking about community, but there is also a sacrifice in, in a sense, you know, at least for our main character, Fern. I, I like that she was committed. I think the most beautiful scenes were these sort of just silent montages of her, you know, walking through the woods, going through the forest, swimming in a river, just being so free. And I think, I mean, one is a woman to do that, I think is, is, I mean, in and of itself, very courageous, because I think that that's the number one thing I fear. If I ever wanted to do something like that, what about my safety? But this girl is, she's doing it. Shantae, I think we're changing your mind about this film. Scene by scene, minute by minute. That's my plan. I have a couple, I have a couple uh, fun trivia facts that kind of uh, are related. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Frances McDormand blended into the nomadic community so well that one of the local targets offered her an application for a job. Frances' experience of living in a van took four to five months covering seven states. She adopted the lifestyle of being constantly on the move to make the movie seem more authentic rather than just being an actress in the scenes. Many of Frances McDormand's co-stars, including Swanky and Bob Wells, had no idea she was a Hollywood star. Uh, Bob still did not know this until they shot an emotional scene in which Fern remembers her late husband. This is the one that we were talking about. Um, Bob afterwards, he said to McDormand privately that it meant a lot for her to tell him that story and that everything was going to be okay. She subsequently revealed to him that her husband's name is actually Joel Cohen and he was still alive. Surprised <laughs> Bob and he learned that McDormand was in fact an actress. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it looks nice. like she just blended in so well in the life and and took it on. She like actually like lived in the van for and she's like sixty three years old or sixty two something like that. So yeah. she's like sixty two. Which I mean, we saw like the real life people. That's how old like their sixties and seventy something year old people that are like living this life. Yeah. Um, it seems like we're all saying we should go see people should go see this film. Whether or not this is Oscar worthy, you know, that that is still left up to debate, I think, amongst the four of us. But I think we all are definitely recommending you to go check out this film if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, like live life to the full. That's what this film really uh, inspired in, in me as well. So uh, next week, we're going to come back together again and we're going to talk about yet another film uh, that was nominated for the 2021 Oscars. Uh, so we're excited to have you back. 
And until then, this has been too much screen time. We spent a lot of time looking at, our, at the screens, TV, film, and we hope that by doing so, uh, we'll get you to do the same. So uh, have a great whatever, and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Too Much Screen Time. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at tmscreentime or email us at tmscreentime at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So in the meantime, keep watching those screens.